Hello everyone and welcome back to Beneath the Tutus. I hope you enjoyed the last episode. We really had a great conversation about mental health and how you can help that and what experiences we've had and I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode so I hope you enjoy. So this next topic I think is very important for students, dancers, everybody to have a conversation about because I think almost everybody in their life has struggled with body image. Mm -hmm. And I know, especially from a dancer's perspective, staring at yourself in the mirror four hours every day, like it can become a lot and you start to become obsessive, honestly, with your body image and how you're looking. Did you go through similar experiences? Oh my gosh, everything. Yeah, so for like complete transparency, you know, as a dancer, something that I struggled with was was my body image. And even to the point where, you know, I was limiting eating and limiting types of food that I was having. And when you're dancing nine, 10 hours a day, and all you're eating in the day is an orange, two bananas, and half a bowl of oatmeal, that's not really fueling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, especially with like the mirror, it's in, it's hard with dance too, because, and this is where I really try to, you know, challenge myself as a teacher is, you know, from the front of the room, you're constantly being told a lot of the things that you're doing wrong. And you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to do this better, try this, do this. And that creates a, judgment mentality to where once you look in the mirror as a teacher is correcting you, you say, oh, I might be able to do this, but you know, I can't close fifth position because my thighs are getting in the way or Mm -hmm. things like that. And that's just your inner dialogue, but it's so, 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 so hard. But to kind of challenge that, something that we really have to Body image really is about the way that you see yourself. And instead of being looking at yourself with a critical eye, why don't we look at the things that, or take a second to acknowledge something that we're doing well, like, oh, for dance, that arabesque was looking so nice today. Or when you're getting ready for your day, I really like this outfit and this outfit makes me feel good and like see how you put that together and like really starting to identify that positive talk within ourselves, then changes the way that we see ourselves. Um, yeah. And it took me a while, quite some time to get there, but mm-hmm. it once you do get there, you realize how ridiculous and how like (laughs) you were at looking at those things. And now you look back at pictures or videos of you from when you were like that. And you're like, wait, that is not even what I was telling myself is not even true. That's not what I looked like. That's not like you. Okay. Come on. Six pack. Like you actually (laughs) felt good, you know? And uh, it's so going at it with that attitude and just being really fueling ourselves with, you know, positive and encouraging thoughts. And even, you know, like I said, as a teacher, not only just talking about corrections, but talking about, wow, you did that really well. You're dancing so nice in X, Y, and Z. I think that's just as important because that really shows, you know, while I may be critical and there's always room to grow, 
there are so many things that you're doing right. And it's important to acknowledge those things so that way we can continue to have the motivation and the positive correlation with ourselves and with dance and with who we are on the inside. Yeah. What something I had to start doing when when it got really bad, I was like, all right, we need to start doing something to help this. And I started telling myself three things I loved my about myself in the mirror every day. Mm. And I think that completely like changed my mindset as I kept going and I stopped having to look at myself in the mirror and be like, that's bad. And I started being like, oh, like, okay, your eyes look good today. Or like mm-hmm. just something, even something small that you love about yourself that you can really accent. Mm-hmm. And, and I it- think, Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, and it doesn't even have to be physical either. Like, are you in a good mood today? Wow. You can really compliment some people today. Let's go compliment some people today. <laughs> like, it, it, we get so caught up on physical things that we forget physicality and who we look like on the outside can change within the blink of an eye. Yeah. Like, God forbid you have some crazy accident or something and what you once looked like is not what you then look like. Then what do you have? You Mm -hmm. have that one body that you're living in and then you have who you are on the inside. And it's really important to focus on who you genuinely are on the inside more than your physicality because at the end of the day, who you are on the inside carries you way more than what you look like on the outside. Yeah, that's something I loved. I, I love when I'm in the mood to just compliment because it makes you feel so good when you see like yourself brightening someone's day, when you mm-hmm. tell them something and you can see them like, you can honestly see a weight lift off of them when they're like, like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just the best feeling to help someone out with that type of thing. Also with social media, even like I had to stop staring at social media because I started to get these mindsets that are so unrealistic to your daily life and everybody on social media is just accenting all of the amazing things about life but they're not necessarily showing this the rough sides of life that people miss out on often Mm -hmm. that's so true that's so true it's the highlight reel (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i think that also has to do with people around you as well and the mindset that you're getting around you because I know for me like being in an environment around everybody when everybody is being detrimental on their body that starts to impact you as well you're like well if they think this about them and they're like tiny compared to me like how should I be seeing myself like how does that impact me Did you feel that when you were a professional dancer, or even just a dancer in general? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for So, for example, I remember when I first got hired into the company and uh, the former director, something that they used to say is when they would introduce me to someone, they would not, you know, comment on my dancing. They would not, you know, really comment on who I am as a person. They would say, oh, and just look at his body. He has the perfect body for ballet. And in my mind, that actually fueled to where I felt like I had to keep my body the same that it was when I was 19 and fresh out of college mm-hmm. um, in order to keep my boss happy, in order to keep my job. And wow. that was so freaking unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. um, 
and then of course when you know people would get hired that i was one of the on the smaller side in the company and when people would get hired that i felt was smaller than me i would then say like oh this is not okay like you know my boss is gonna like them more than they like me when for one that is so (sighs) ridiculous and then it was like okay well you need to make sure that you're staying with like how you are when you first got hired in order to keep your boss happy. And then it actually got to the point where that same boss that would comment about, you know, how beautiful my body is and tell everyone and their mother about it also pulled me aside and said, Juan, you're actually looking a little too thin right now. And we need you to bulk up because we are scared that your dancing is going to be unsafe. Um, So then like, how do you go from, telling me that you like my body. I do everything that I was doing in college to maintain my body. And then now you're telling me I'm too skinny. Yeah. It's it's just this awful cycle. And I honestly, I hate it. I hate that that was a thing. And I hate that that was my mindset. Um, but then, you know, something that really pulled me out of that was realizing everyone has their own freaking insecurities. Like everyone in life is insecure. There is something that we would all wish that we could change about ourselves, whether it's like the way that your pinky toenail grows or, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't have to be anything major, but also at the same time, even when you look at it from being a dancer, everyone brings something different to the table. There are no two, even the most identical twins that have the exact same training with the exact same teacher for their entire lives. Like every, no two dancers, no two humans are exactly alike. And a choreographer actually challenged me one day. I think it was my, his name was Dwight Roden. Love Dwight Roden. He is the (laughs) director of Complexions Contemporary Ballet and like one of the founders was Desmond Richardson. Um, And he actually asked me, he said, Joanne, what makes you special as a dancer? And I literally looked at him, I kid you not, and I said, honestly, I don't think I'm special at all. Wow. And uh, he was like, and why do you feel that way? And I started comparing, you know, all the things that these other people can do. And I was just like, I can't do any of that. The things that everyone likes that all these other people do, I like don't have a good double tour. I'm not a turner. Like I don't have crazy feet. I'm not that flex. Like just going on about all the things that I felt did not make me a good dancer. Going on about the things that I felt made a good dancer without actually considering who I was as a dancer. And once I discovered my own identity, and how what I bring to dance, it completely changed the way I started viewing other people. So for me, for example, I love partnering. Partnering was <laughs> like, I since I retired last year, partnering is probably one of the only things I miss. I, I, t- I made it <laughs> like partnering in port bras I love a good port bras I love <laughs> like using body and bending and like seeing how the head connects with the arms. And I love connecting with other people and partnering. Um, and once I realized that those are my strengths, oh, you better believe I capitalized on that. (laughs) I was like, oh, let's try this. Let me do this. Let me see if I can like do this. And once I did that and really focused on who I am as an artist and the way that I have the ability to connect with people, that is when I really started getting more opportunities. That is when I really felt 
my dance career turned into something that I could really be proud of because at the it wasn't about who was at the front of the room. It wasn't about who is inside of the room that I'm dancing alongside, who I'm competing for roles with, who I'm competing for first cast or anything mm -hmm. like that, which is so stupid. But yeah. it really became about why I love dancing and what I love to do in dance and how can I find something that I enjoy every single day um, with that. Yeah, that, yeah, it's just that comparison mentality. Once you get out of that, you start to see you start to grow boundaries because you're no longer pushing yourself down because of the people around you. We had a choreographer actually at the dance studio who names MJ. You've probably heard of her. Mm -hmm. She comes in and um, she really accents everybody for their special assets. So maybe for one girl, it's her legs. I know for me, it's my acro and my tumbling that she really puts in the dance and it makes everybody feel good because we all get our nicknames based off of that. And it mm. really specializes us and like makes us feel important within the dance. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's amazing. Which I love when choreographers really look at the dancers when they come in instead of just being like, okay, do this. And that is honestly one of the most important things as a choreographer, because you can envision that you want something to happen, but if you don't cater to who you actually have in the room and what you think you have in your head, then you're going to get two very different results. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because <laughs> if you put somebody who's a tumbler in legs and somebody who's a leg in tumbling, it's I mean, not going to work. <laughs> I don't think it's going to end very well. <laughs> Did you want to talk about how you think social media impacts body image? Yeah, social media is the worst, <laughs> let me tell you. Because, like, the thing about fat is, again, it's also, like, it's not necessarily reality. Do you know, I have watched people sit there and edit their photos, edit the lighting because, you know, their abs look a little bit more defined in, <laughs> in one filter versus the other filter. Or they're putting, like, there's just, like, retouched photo. Like, there's just so much fakeness that occurs yeah. on social media. And I think that what we forget is it's not real. And that is such a hard thing to grasp because we get so caught up in you know seeing this person and then this person and seeing what they're doing and oh they have long beautiful legs and feet and they have this and like it it is just so 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 dangerous and yeah. something that I have really started doing especially because we can like as people spend a lot of time on social media, I go through phases where I just completely delete all social media off my phone. I don't mm -hmm. do the whole, all right, everyone, I'm taking a break for a week. Like, no, I just get rid of it. And I just reconnect with everything and everyone around me. So then that way, once I have that break, I can have a healthier relationship with social media and not let the, let it become this obsessive thing. Yeah. Um, as well as the kind of content that I want to see and follow. Um, so I have recently try to fill my Instagram, for example, because that's just one of the more common things that I use with like dogs and memes. <laughs> <laughs> dogs, memes, and food. That those yes. are the three things that are like the best. Um and just so really curating your feed because you know it's all an algorithm. 
And if you intentionally, you know, shift what you are wanting to see, the algorithm will pick up on that. And they will show you more of the cute dogs, the cute babies, and all (laughs) things. And it makes such a, such a huge difference um, in the way that you're able to, it, it, it really, honestly, it challenges your mindset because you're constantly seeing those things and not just seeing all the people that, you know, have the perfect smile and have the perfect yeah. makeup and just all the other things that like are perfect, but only with the filter. Take that yeah. filter off and you'll see how uneven their eyeliner really is. <laughs> <laughs> I love the movement, um, make social media like real again and how a lot of like, I know pe- my friends, we started just posting just funny things like me and my friend at four in the morning on a play set or just like, <laughs> making it fun again but no one and no one does that like it's all like oh i went to this lavish restaurant or i did this trip and like why not post a picture of the tree because you thought it was pretty yeah like Like my it's funny because like my mom's her like friend friends in her age range they all post like look at my flowers i just created or like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just fun stuff and I'm I love following them because they all post like just funny memes and like a random tree or like oh look at the sunset I love sunsets. Oh yes. So yes. when I see a sunset picture I get very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but I think social media has definitely become something that can be great for connecting people, but it also has become really detrimental on people absolutely absolutely we have to learn from that as a society (laughs) yes fully agree (laughs) all right so um next for body image this is something that i think also happens a lot when people start to be down on their bodies is dieting and identifying that you are not fueling your body the way you should be necessarily. Dieting is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Like the thing about dieting is, at least from my perspective, when you intentionally restrict yourself of things that you want or things that make you feel good, then it only makes you want them even more. And even if you go a specific period without it, once you... I'm just dropping everything. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, But once you go a specific period without it, then when you try to have it again, it's like, oh, wow, I haven't had this in months or I haven't had sweets all week. So in this moment, I'm going to eat a whole quart of ice cream. And you're just like, like enjoying things in moderation is honestly one of the most healthiest things. One of the healthier things that you can do because you know our for one our body needs fuel and there are so many different sciences and statistics and things that you know will totally conflict each other so i'm not even going to try to talk about that <laughs> but um to a consistent thing that no matter where you read or what you get information from is that our body needs fuel and the interesting thing about our body is that it actually tells us how it's reacting to the way that we are fueling it, whether it likes it or whether it's not. And 
what's really important is that we have to listen to our bodies to know, understand how we feel. So if you are, you know, eating more processed foods, for example, for me, processed foods make me very bogged down and I like don't think as clearly. I don't have as much energy. Um, and yes, I might be vegan, but you can totally eat a lot of processed foods as a vegan. Um, can you eat Oreos? Oh my gosh, I love Oreos. They're so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so it's just one of those things where un trying and figuring out what makes your body feels good, what provides it with the energy that it needs, and what really helps support all the levels of activity that you're doing, whether you are, you know, working out five days a week, whether you're dancing four hours a day, <laughs> like you can't do any of that without fueling your body. And yeah. I promise you, when you don't, you will feel a difference. You won't be able to pick up choreography. You will feel tired by the time you get to the first tondu in the ballet class. Like, yeah. you just don't have the energy to support what you're doing. And more than anything, you know, that's what makes a car go. You put gas in it so it can drive. Yeah. Same thing with our bodies. You put food in it so it can go. Without food, we wither away. And that's no one wants to blow away in the wind. <laughs> yeah. And like being open on this podcast, I know last year I went through a specific period and I think there was a group of us, honestly, at the time where like I would come to ballet and I would be doing turns and be dizzy because I hadn't had enough food or water. Mm -hmm. And like, it's scary. Like mm -hmm. you just, you feel so sick in class and you can't think and you're like getting dizzy turning that your dancing just has a really it impacts your dancing a lot because you can no longer do anything because you're not fueling yourself. Exactly. You lose the strength and the ability yeah. to honestly really be consistent because yeah. your body is not operating in a like, you know, I have enough. It's operating in, oh, I don't have enough. So I need to reserve various things that I like reserve the energy, reserve the food because, you know, I might not know when I'm going to get my next meal or I might not know when I'm going to get this next bout of fuel. So I'm going to really hold off and only give your body the support when I feel like it needs it. And that is yeah. just not a good way to go throughout life in general. <laughs> <laughs> And it creates a really unrealistic relationship with food. Like, mm -hmm. going back from that, it's hard to, like, make yourself fuel again because you've been put in that mindset for so long. Mm -hmm. And it, it honestly, like, it sucks to have that relationship with food when you want to eat it. But you're like, should I? Like, is that okay? Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's hard. And it's hard to get back out of that mentality. Yeah. And honestly... Yeah, and that was one of the most beautiful things about the pandemic, honestly, is at least for me personally, I was really ready or really able to rebuild my relationship with food and just explore and step out of my comfort zone. And now I love food. I think it's the <laughs> most flavorful goodness and there are so many different types of food and so many cultures and like at the base of every culture, something you're going to see that's a consistent is food. And food that is specific to that culture. So, like, it's something we all need and we all have to have. So why not find ways to really make it enjoyable? We talked about the importance of body image and discussing 
body image, but we haven't talked about how to maintain a positive body image. So how do you maintain a positive body image? Well, for one, recognize that, again, I think I kind of mentioned a little bit about this before, but no two people are the same. Even, again, if you are identical twins and have literally the same DNA, (laughs) there's still going to be slight differences between you. So people come in all shapes and sizes. And I tell people all the time, like, you only get one body in life. We can't, like, transplant bodies. They they don't have a surgery (laughs) for that. So if we only get one body why not spend the time really loving and caring for the one body that we do get to have versus, you know, spending all of our time or a lot of our time tearing it down and really criticizing all the things that we would change about it. Like, and this really goes to even the way that you interact with people. There's the five second rule. When talking to someone, if you're thinking about making a comment on something in the way that they look or maybe something that's like, a physical trait of their body, if they can't change or fix whatever you're about to acknowledge within five seconds, don't do it. Just keep your mouth shut because that's not going to do anything but make them feel more self-conscious about whatever that you thing that you just talked about um, that you are criticizing and they can't do anything about it. So that's not really going to help people. Like if they got a booger or something hanging out their nose, absolutely (laughs) tell them that they got a booger. But like if like, oh, yeah, your your teeth look a little, they look a little rough right now. You should go brush them or your breath is, your breath is kicking. Well, you should, <laughs> that's something that they can fix. But you know what I mean. Um, yeah. You can't change the fact that your earlobes are two different sizes. So why are you going to acknowledge that? You can't yeah. change the fact that your nose might be one shape. You can't change that in five minutes or five seconds. So there's no need to comment on that because they probably feel it's going to make them feel some kind of way um as well as just positive affirmations when you feel good on the inside and when you acknowledge you know various parts of your body or various things that you want to focus on for that day like for me i absolutely love my smile like juan you have a great smile today and make sure you show that to the world that is something that you know you can tell yourself that will help start building that positive language with inside of you and then it can continue going from there and even when it comes to like when you are feeling you know a little bit more frustrated or when you're in a bad mood you're more likely to you know find things that you are absolutely annoyed about yourself and even writing things down so like for example i am very fortunate in a class of students of mine that at adfa it was my wednesday class last year they all made a jar and I like, it's like my wellness jar and they all put (laughs) just little positive notes and affirmations in it from them to me. And they decorated it. It was, it's a beautiful jar. And and I keep it at my desk every single day. And sometimes I go in and I just pull out one or two and I'm like, Ooh, okay, let's just read something positive. So that way (laughs) I can make myself, feel good because I know that, you know, you're positively impacting others. And then that, again, starts to change the conversation that you're having having in yourself internally. Yeah. Actually, one of those for my grandma, too. It's the best because you're, it's it's so great. It's so great. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So are you ready to head into questions? Let's do it. I'm ready. These are actually from specific people at the dance studio. I had okay. a conversation with a group of them, and we came up with some questions that we thought would be important to discuss. So the first one is, how do you help others when you realize they are going through body image issues? So whether it's body image issues or honestly just struggling in life is, you know, giving space for them to say that they're not okay. One thing that I'm sure you know that I do before I start every class is I ask, how are you guys doing? Or when I talk to people, I ask how you're doing. And I don't ever want a, oh, I'm good. Unless you're genuinely good, then that's the only time I want that. But do you give your friends space to say, honestly, it's a really bad day. I'm really struggling right now. Like, how do you show up authentically with who you are and how you are in that moment and in that time and allow other people to be comfortable to share that with you or people that you are comfortable with to be able to share your genuine thoughts and feelings. That is the best thing because then it gives us all space to process how we actually feel. Yeah. All righty. Um, the next one is, what do you do on the days that your image is at an all-time low? I really focus on what makes me feel good. So for me, while sometimes that might be going to the gym, that's not usually the case most of the time, <laughs> but sometimes that's, you know, just get a little sweat. But yeah. other times it might be just going for a walk or something I've really recently started doing is I just like put together a whole cute outfit, even if I'm going to the grocery <laughs> store. Like if I feel like I look good, it's just going to give you that like extra boost that you might need, just even if it's just for five seconds. Um, and, you know, style your hair, like just get all cute and then just go <laughs> for a walk or go to the grocery store to get groceries or whatever. And uh, doing those little things reminds me that, how my brain is telling me that I feel about myself is not actually the truth because I actually do feel good. Me wearing this outfit right now, I feel good. I look good. So that makes me feel <laughs> even better or even exploring different hairstyles too. I mean, I now probably get my, change my hairstyle every couple of weeks. <laughs> and it's just so much fun to find different ways that I can express myself in that way. Um, yeah. So finding ways that you can confidently express yourself. And then when you are feeling low, really tuning in and leaning into those ways. So that way you're like, this is who I am. And this is how I'm going to show that. And this is going to make me feel good. And that is really what's super, super important is what is going to make you feel good. And how can you do that and bring that to the table when you are not feeling good? And how do you not fall your old ways and habits? Honestly, community. You know, there is that saying that a lot of parents and when people are thinking about kids or families or even just life in general, like it takes a village. It really does take a village. And to, you know, not fall into old ways and habits, once you establish the thing that you are trying to work for or set of things that you're trying to work towards do you share those goals and aspirations with people that will hold you accountable 
and people that will say, okay, you know what? I support this journey and I want to support you on this journey because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to say like, I need to do this alone so that way I can better myself and then show up and I can be a better, you know, friend to my friends or better, you know, son or daughter or individual to my parents or whomever. But are you actually going to them and saying like, hey, I really want to do this better. Can you like help me and support me through that? So just so I can have someone accountable to make sure that I am like still progressing. Uh, That's so, so, so important. Yeah. I also, uh, this is just something I did that I think might help other people. I created an inspiration wall. So the back of my door in my bedroom actually has any note I've ever received. Any, like, you know, the shout out that you gave me um, Mm -hmm. at Beauty and the Beast? That's on it. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) I call her my older sister, but my mentor, we actually have another episode with her. She created me birthday and I have that on my door and it's just a big wall that I can look at whenever I'm feeling like down and not my best self and I can really like acknowledge it and be like I do have people on my side like they're there ready to help me if I want to reach out that's beautiful I love that that's (laughs) (laughs) I I think it helps to have that too like it really does Mm -hmm. it helps to wake up to that every morning yeah. All right. And then I'm going to ask you one more question, just because I think this one, a lot of people struggle with the most. And it is, how do you not compare yourself to the dancers around you when they're smaller than you? How do you not focus on that all the time? Remember that, you know, a, everyone comes in different shapes and sizes, there's not going to, you're not going to look at a collection of people and say, you guys all have the same quality. And because of that, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to try to assimilate to what we think they look like or we think they feel like. Um, and honestly, it really stems from the conversation that we're having within ourselves. Because remember, there is something that makes every single one of us unique. In dance especially, every single person brings something different to the table. And it's not the thinness, that is tininess, that makes a good dancer. Because it just doesn't. That's just a (laughs) great. But there are things like artistry. Like, dancer anyone can dance and call themselves a dancer you can learn the cupid shuffle and like oh yeah i'm a dancer <laughs> do the cupid shuffle but then an artist that is something that makes a great dancer we focus so much on the wrong things um when we're comparing ourselves to others when honestly the real focus should be you like yourself and how you can really let dance like let yourself shine through what you're doing and really let that light and that fire that you have inside of you not only radiate out of you, but be able to spread to other people. Um, Because at the end of the day, everyone's in there doing the same plies, doing the same (laughs) tendus, doing the same combination. So there's no need to really compare yourself because everyone's there working on the same thing. Now, it, can one person maybe do one extra turn or a pirouette or whatever that 
a different person can't. Yeah, but guess what? That's just another Tuesday. Wednesday, yeah. they might not be able to do that one extra turn, and you might be able to do two more turns that they can do, or they might not have a split one day. I, w- I used to have this joke. I would only have a split like three days a week. Once I hit my three-day quota, the splits would go away. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're all just so different, and acknowledging what makes us different and celebrating that. I think that is really the thing. Celebrating what makes you different will really set you aside and help boost your confidence as a dancer, not only in the studio, but on stage. Yeah. Well, that was some really amazing advice. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely will take that with me when I go into my future parts of life. And I think this definitely will help a lot of people who are listening in and struggling right now. So thank you so much for coming and speaking with me. Thank you for having me. This has been, this is, you're my first podcast that I've ever (laughs) talked on and I listen to podcasts a lot and I absolutely loved it. So I just, (laughs) I'm excited for all that you're doing and the way that you are really positively impacting, even if it's just one person that listens, there's something that that one person can get out of one sentence that you said either with me or you said with someone else that you're interviewing. So thank you for the opportunity to really be here. And I absolutely will do it again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> of